Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a weekly roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric. And I'm Teg. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. This week, uh, we want to welcome a travel planner with Concy ears, Disney mom, magic key annual pass holder at Disneyland for 11 years and counting, it's Bethany. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Also joining us this week is someone who was born into a lineage of Disney creators and planners and gets to continue that legacy through her, her role as a travel planner with concierge. It's going to be a big concierge night, folks. Uh, that is Michelle. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's a, it's a concierge takeover. Yeah, absolutely. We had a Supreme Resort takeover. We had a concierge takeover. Can't we just have our own thing, Eric? Come on. (laughs) Well, thank you all. Thank you all for joining us. Let's start off with our first question from Eric. All right. Um, What is your go-to kit for a day in the parks and why? What do you bring with you whenever you whenever you get ready to head into the parks. Let's start with Bethany. I love that I'm the first one to answer this question because I feel like I bring the most stuff. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm a Disney mom. I have two young kids. They're three and five. And that means I bring everything with us. I mean, change of clothes, jackets, all the baby wipes, snacks, toys, games, extra water, pain relief meds. I um, bring my knee brace. One time I even brought extra shoes. And I just dump it on the stroller because I have this massive double stroller and it carries a bunch of stuff. So I might as well just stuff it all in there. And then as far as like what I carry on my person, I, I have a little crossbody or fanny pack <laughs> that I just wear across and has my phone, wallet, keys, portable charger, hand sanitizer, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I bring everything, absolutely everything, just because I want to have what I need when I've got my kids with me because it's easier that way. <laughs> what about you, Tag? How long does it take you to get through security? That's my question. <laughs> I have a very streamlined process. You unzip every single bag. And also, one of my Disney bags has no zippers, which is amazing. That's like my clothes bag. <laughs> so I just throw that to them. And then I have like a snack bag, my fanny pack, and a diaper bag. All of those get unzipped before we go through. Have them all on the table. They go through them, look at the stroller. Um, and I always like want to make sure they're super thorough because if they're thorough with me, then they're thorough with everybody, and that's how I like it. So, yeah. Um, okay. It, it, it's really not bad. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I've I've made some stroller enemies on DL Weekly, so I'm probably gonna make some stroller enemies on the hub crawl. <laughs> the idea of how you travel in the park drives me crazy, but I will leave it alone. I will leave it at that. For me, it's not I'm easy. very. For for me, I'm very simple. I bring, of course, yes. my phone, because if you're going to be in the parks nowadays, you need to have your phone. Obviously, I bring my wallet. Most of the time, though not always, I do try to bring a backpack or some type of fanny pack, because it's just nice to have something where you can shove stuff that's not just your pockets. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, for instance, when I have to go to the park and bring podcasting gear, we'll get a locker, and I'll shove that stuff in the locker for most of the day when I don't need it. So that's kind of the thing. I, I don't I hate going through security and the best days for me at the park is when all I have is like my wallet and phone and I can just put it on the counter and walk through the scanner and I'm done and they don't have to go through a bag. I don't have to answer any questions about how professional is this equipment that you're bringing in? Are you live streaming with all of this? No, no, no. (laughs) We record a podcast. Um, So we've had a lot of those questions. So for me, the lighter, the better. What about you, Michelle? 
Well, first, let me ask you this take. Do you, have you ever been in the park and regretted not having something? Cause that's always my biggest fear is getting there thinking, ah, now I've got to go back out back to the hotel, back through security. Yes. yes. It's usually, I will forget to bring a hoodie or something. One, mm-hmm. one time, two trips ago, I want to say I did have a hoodie, but we had a sandwich that we were trying to keep from somewhere the Jolly Holiday, and we had wrapped it up, but not well enough, and it dripped onto the hoodie, oh, so that I couldn't yeah. wear it because it had like this roast beef thing, and it was a white <laughs> hoodie. So uh. I was like, "Well, that's not going to happen." Uh, but yeah, so so sometimes when it's like you forget stuff like that, or the thing I forget all the time is, and Teresa usually saves me with this is I bring a portable battery, but I forget to bring the cable. Ah, okay. I should just have a kit that I take with me, but yeah. Well, for me, I kind of do have a kit. So prior to the rope drop backpack being uh, highlighted on deal weekly, I would always do a crossbody bag with sort of a kit. Uh, You know, the standards, like Bethany was saying, hand sanitizer, phone charger, um, band-aids, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And that was what I tried to limit it to, but three things that I thought of that are sort of more indicative to maybe just me. Uh, one is a small pharmacy. I don't just bring in Tylenol or just ibuprofen. I want everything. If there is nausea, if there's allergies, anything. So I have this little case got on Amazon. I think it has like nine different compartments and I've got it all there. Cause that to me is the worst is when you're not feeling great or, you know, whatever it is, and you just can't find it in the park. So that for sure is one of the things I bring. The other thing are toe socks. I used to get blisters horribly bad. I tried every shoe. I tried, you know, sandals, everything like that. And really I ended up getting those ugly socks that look like gloves on your toes. I wear them and I bring a pair. They're horribly unattractive, but they have saved my feet. So I've done it for about five years now, every single time I don't get blisters it's perfect. So that's been a huge thing for me. And then the other thing is extra underpants. And it's not because I have accidents. (laughs) It's not because I'm worried about having accidents. But to me, the worst is like chafing, like getting wet on Splash Mountain, getting off. If you can have at least dry underpants, I think you're good for the rest of the day. The rest will dry, but it's hard to get those underpants dry. I mean, come on, we all know that. So those are my three. They usually get hidden towards the bottom of the bag so that we don't have to take them out. Talk about security, but uh, yeah, those are my three go-tos that I will not be without from here on out. That's awfully specific. I like that, Uh, but but I've, I've worn those toe socks and I usually, I only have a couple pairs left. I bought them years ago. And yeah, the last time I was at Disney world, I was getting a little blistery and I put on the toe socks Mm -hmm. and I was fine. The the rest of the trip. Yeah. They're they're savers. This might be like the gem piece of info from this. The underpants yeah, or the genius. toe socks? The toe socks. <laughs> okay. I did like that you specified not for accidents, just, just to be clear. Sometimes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. Okay, and what about you, Eric? Well, Teg and I uh, are, are have a lot in common here because I like to bring as little as possible. I also love the feeling of walking up putting down my phone in my wallet and just continuing onward at basically at a brisk walk the whole way. I do. I have found because we have to use our phones more often. I have been bringing a fanny pack more often with, I I have this giant, I have a few small, like little stick chargers that I can jam in a pocket sometimes. Sometimes that's what I bring. Uh, But I have this giant one that's big enough that it actually can power this soundboard, (laughs) which is why I bought it. 
Um, but it, I mean, it can recharge a laptop completely. It's, it's really great. So I, if, if I'm with a group, I'll usually bring that because somebody inevitably doesn't have their a way to charge. So um, I can hand that around and get everybody going for the rest of the day. Yeah. If I'm traveling alone, I always have an iPad or something to write on because I'm that guy who <laughs> will find time to sit down somewhere and, and write for half an hour. All right. Do you, your portable charger is that like uh um because I have an Anchor brand one. Do you have? Is it like that? Because it was, I bought it because they they marketed it as the largest battery pack that's allowed on like U.S. airplanes. On planes. Yeah, it's it's a Rav Power is the brand, but I did look at Anchors as well. I don't know, but yeah, I was specifically looking for okay, what what can I what can I use if because I. I bought it specifically because I have this portable soundboard and I wanted to be able to bring it to remotes where we had multiple people recording at the same time. And that charger works. I've run that the board for like six hours. Wow. So it's crazy. Yeah. So this is for the guests who aren't just worried about their Genie Plus selections. This is a lot bigger. Okay. Got it. Right. Yeah. Recharge the whole family. Okay. All right. Yeah. Eric is trying to make sure that if a parade float for the electrical parade stops, he yeah. can go plug it in and get it going again. Nice. Wait, I can charge it. <laughs> the whole thing starts back up. Oh, that's okay, so that wraps up our first question. Let's go to Bethany for your question. One of my favorite things about Disneyland is that no matter how many times I go to the park, I can always find something new to do. Um, whether it's like a seasonal thing or, you know, just something that we've never done before or experiencing something new with my kids. Um, I love that there's just so much to do. It's like impossible to win Disneyland, right? There's, there's no way. So my question is, even though we are all avid park goers, what have you never done at your home park? Tag, we'll go to you. So this one was really difficult. So I was explaining to <laughs> Bethany before the show that, we went a few years ago with, we had an exchange student with us for five days and, and in Disneyland and we got a park map and we made sure, because we never knew when he was going to be here again. So we made sure that all of the attractions we like marked off with the exception of like, you know, we didn't go on every main street vehicle and stuff like that. So this was hard for me. Uh, I figured that you said something, not necessarily like an attraction. So I totally. think I would have something. to, yeah. yeah. So I think I would have to say more of the tours. I did take the walk walk in Walt's footsteps tour, but they have some other tours that I think would be really fun to take. Obviously, something as extravagant like a VIP tour would be really cool. But also character breakfast. I have never done a character oh. breakfast. No and kidding. I've seen them, but I just I don't know. I'm not a huge breakfast person, so that's one. So maybe I would do something that was more like a character dinner more for me. But for breakfast, I feel like I just want to get in, grab something quick, and get on to to doing other things in the park instead of being in with a bunch of characters. I like meeting characters, but they're not like near the top of my list of priorities when I'm at the park. So... I think that also while I'm thinking about it, that's not in the park necessarily is I haven't stayed on property in Disneyland and I don't know. That's not true. I stayed at the Paradise Pier. So that is not true. I did stay one night in the Paradise Pier, but I haven't stayed in the Disneyland Hotel or the Grand Californian. And I'm not sure if I ever will because for me and Eric, you and I have talked about this numerous times. We have. (laughs) I just don't see the value in it for me. For me, the extra cost, the the extra convenience is, is not worth the extra cost. And that's just my opinion on it. I know that some people, they love being in the bubble and that's a big deal to them, especially if you have like small kids or a bigger family. I don't have those. 
doesn't work for me. Uh, however, I do want to say, looking uh, first of all, I have not read most of your answers until, which is why every time somebody asks the question, you see me making mm-hmm. weird faces because I'm reading the notes that we have. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear about Michelle's college horror story. Yeah. <laughs> So it Michelle, doesn't have anything to do with your... underpants. I'll tell you that. Well, that's oh. good. <laughs> okay. so, so tell us about something you haven't done at your home park. So I have not done, I realized this, uh, the sailing ship Columbia and the horror story actually doesn't totally pertain to me, but I don't know if you remember, but in the late nineties, a cleat came undone oh. off of that ship and flew through the audience and hit two uh, guests and a, a cast member. It was horrible. <laughs> and I remember thinking, yeah. did it really? I didn't know if it had yeah. or if it had just hurt, but yeah, it was pretty bad. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going anywhere near that ship ever in my life again. So it's actually a really sad horror story, but I have no desire. I love looking at it. I love that it's part of Fantasmic, but I have, and obviously, you know, lightning doesn't usually strike twice. The odds that it's going to happen when I'm there are very, very slim, but that is why. So, and I don't think I did when I was little, possibly maybe I went with my parents. I don't have any recollection of it, um, but. In Sailing Ship yeah. Columbia's defense, the cleat mm-hmm. was what it ties to on the dock. Right. So it wasn't even on it the ship. It wasn't the ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, it just freaked me out because, you know, everyone always says like, you know, what's going to happen? You know, you hear the, the Thunder Mountain horror story of the whatever the pipe coming off and all that kind of stuff. But this one just, I don't know. So I don't even like really going near the rivers of America all that much mm. just because it just kind of stresses mm. me out. I don't know what it is. So that's one thing I haven't done. But then the other thing I realized I had not ever done, and I didn't know that it was really a big deal was the Muppet vision 3d that used to be in DCA. And it kind of was, I mean, it was there for a little while. I don't equate Muppets with Disney. It just, it doesn't. Muppets were when I was little, had nothing to do with the Disney channel, anything like that. But when I went to Disney World a couple of years ago, I saw it and I think it's Hollywood Studios that has it. And I thought, oh, that's still around. Well, then come to find out I'm listening to Supreme Resort and they're, you know, arguing that that could be one of the best cues. And I thought, really, people actually go and see this thing? I just, it wasn't a big deal to me, but it sounds like there actually might be a following for it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great it's a great movie kind of on its own. The show is is really, really good. Um, a lot of effects that happen in there. The 3D is fun and it's the Muppets. So they make fun of themselves and they're, they're aware that it's ridiculous. The things they're doing okay. and Hollywood Studios even has a like Disneyland. I get why you don't equate it with with the Muppets mm-hmm. without Muppets 3D in Hollywood Studios. They have a Muppet mini area. There's a whole corner. They have two restaurants. They a have really? a fountain. Yeah, lots of stuff to see. Okay. Also, I can't talk about Muppet Vision 3D without telling, sharing with you my favorite line from that show. And I love Sam Eagle. I was just saying, is this Sam Eagle? Yes. Yeah. And Kermit <laughs> goes, Sam, are you ready for the finale? He's like, it's going to be a glorious three-hour finale celebrating all the nations of the world, but mostly America. And then he goes, well, you've got three minutes. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I just, it's so funny. All the nations yeah. of the world, but mostly America. I think I would like it now because I think it, the adult or, you know, the adult humor in there, or what it caters to, I think mm-hmm. it would be more applicable to my age and stuff. But yeah, it just hasn't been anything that I've done. So I'll get to it next time I'm at Disney World. But yes, I have never, ever done that. <laughs> so those were my those were my thoughts. Eric, what have you not done in your home park? 
I think people are trying to find excuses to get me to continue saying that I've never seen Fantasmic at either coast. I promise you that was not my intention, but I'm excited anyway. I do like that you brought it back up and that you know, Eric. I'm aware. At this point, I feel like you're just doing it out of spite. You're just like, nope, I'm not going to see it because everybody wants me to see it. It's like a shtick on the show now. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's weird because now that I'm on Ears Up podcast, uh, nobody has seen Fantasmic because they none of them like seeing shows. So I finally have I finally have people that that understand me that see me as a. As a non-fantasmic watcher. Why don't they go to Six Flags? If you just want huh. rides, go to Six Flags. Like, wh- like p- part of Disney is the shows and the atmosphere. And, well, whatever. Sorry. And it's weird. As I've said, I've seen pretty much everything else. Uh, yeah. I mean, but oh, well, just not that, I guess. Uh, but it, thinking about it, I, I had to mentally walk through all four parks to find a ride that I have not been on. And it's Kelly River Rapids at Disney's uh, Animal Kingdom. I'm not yeah, but entirely have you been on sure. River Run I have. In DCA? Well, I have. then there you go. <laughs> and and apparently- I can't. I think that you're making the right choice because we went on Cali River Rapids, stayed in line. It was probably the longest line I've ever stood in in a Disney park. I think it was close to three hours. And by Holy the end cow. of it, I just thought, uh, what did we just? I mean, it was cool, but not. Long wait, cool. Cali River oh. Rapids was not that great. I'm with you. No, it's it's really no. Well, so I think yeah. you're you're Grizzly coming River out on the winning end. Definitely the better attraction. And well, that's what we determined on the Supreme Resort mm-hmm. because yeah. I was defending a ride I'd never cross promoting. Right. <laughs> Look at that. Two references to other shows in the same question. <laughs> Bethany, how many references to to podcasts can you come up with in your answer? Oh, we'll see. We'll see what I can do. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and Bethany, we have no so, skin in the game here. So why do we keep doing that? <laughs> <laughs> the checks of the mail. Ladies. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk about concierge. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Exactly. The two things that stand out to me that I have never done um, at Disneyland, being my home park, um, they're Main Street attractions, which I feel like is like easy to do, right? Because you kind of just walk through Main Street um, and go to you know whatever land um so i have not done any of the main street vehicles and i also have not done um great moments with mr lincoln and i'll be honest like they're on my list i definitely want to do it but i i'm also not in a huge hurry if that makes sense because i like that i have something to look forward to you know um that's like like i was saying one of my favorite things is like every time we go we try to find one new thing that we haven't done um you know, one time I was doing the silhouette studio. And so that's why it's like something, not an attraction. Cause there's, there's so much more than attractions, you know, like phantasmic for one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, Burn. so mine are, are definitely the, uh, those main street attractions. Bethany, I just want uh, to tell you for as far as main street goes, my recommendation is if you're going to go do main street vehicles, that you do the omnibus and ride on top because that is a view that you never get. And if I can't remember the cast member's name, but he is the fire truck guy, you'll know who it is. If you just like Google Disneyland fire truck, he's the guy that's like always driving the fire truck. He's Mm -hmm. been there since like the early nineties driving it. And he only does that. I think Uh, Teresa and I got to ride with him a couple trips ago and it was amazing. 
Uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln is worth seeing just historically, like one time. I don't think it's something yeah. that you have to see multiple times, uh, which we'll right. talk about in a future question on, later on yeah. in this episode. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is two <laughs> questions down, which means we've reached our halfway point. If you like everything that you've been listening to and want to continue hearing us talk about all types of Disney questions and ridiculing Eric for not seeing Fantasmic <laughs> for as long as it takes to drag him there... You can become a supporter over at thehubcrawl.com slash support. When you go there and you become a supporter for as little as $5 a month, you also get access to a bonus question that we record every single week that does not go out in the main feed. And sometimes, though not always, you might even get the episode a little bit early. Once again, go over to thehubcrawl.com slash support. Thanks for that tag, our, our little plug there. Please, everybody, take a look over at Patreon. I, I also want to say, since we're plugging everything, make sure that you go over to uh, the Supreme Resort and DL Weekly and uh, Ears Up podcast. And what else are you on, Eric? Um, I think that's where I'm drawing the line right now. Okay. This, this month. And Thanks. go see our travel planners, Concierge. Yes. There we go. That's Concierge. what I was looking yes. for. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for all those plugs. Uh, time to get back to the questions. Um, Teg, what do you have for us this week? So this one was tough because you guys asked all these great questions and I felt like, man, how do I compete with all these amazing questions? And I landed on what attraction do you think is in the most need of an update? So something that's already an attraction at a Disney park that, you know, we don't need to replace it. We maybe just need to plus it a little bit or update it a little bit, that kind of thing. Uh, A great example of something would be like Snow White's Enchanted Wish. Used to be Snow White's Scary Adventures. They didn't replace it. They added it. It made it the, the thing a little more cohesive. It looks like a more updated attraction, that kind of thing. So, Michelle, what's yours? Well, I put in here, sadly, I think the newest attraction in DCA needs to be updated, and that is Web Slingers. Uh, I'm wow. just, I'm not, <laughs> you know, brutal. I'm a, I'm a tough <laughs> critic. Um, I think what it had against it right out the gate is that it came after Rise of the Resistance, and nothing is going to compare to that. Um, or nothing has. So that was sort of what my expectations were just in the Marvel format. And um, the few times that I've been on it, it, I feel like there's not a lot of direction. I feel like, uh, you know, Midway Mania is just more fun because you know how many points you're getting and they give you a chance to practice and all these different things. And when I got on Web Slingers, I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't exactly know what I was doing, how many points I was getting. Um, and it broke down a lot, which I do know is sort of the story of some of these newer rides. So I, I don't totally hold that against it. But to be honest, I, I feel like it needs to kind of go in the way of the superstar limo. You know, they realized after a year when that came in, it just was not what they wanted to do and wasn't the vision. And I kind of think that that's what they should probably do here. They can't until they get another e-ticket ride. I get that. But um that would be mine is either update it to be a little bit more, just more direction, more explaining, uh, more of a goal, I guess. And then, or just kind of get rid of it and start over, especially when you've got universal's Spider-Man ride to compare it to, which is really, really cool. So for me, it was that as far as one that I don't loathe <laughs> as much as I loathe the web singers, <laughs> I actually really like test track. I really, really like it. I think it's an incredibly fun ride. Um, but I do think that the immersive queue needs to be a little bit more updated. The last time I was building a car, I felt like it was a little bit dated, especially just with everything coming out now and electric cars and just all that. So I think that would be the one that keep it, keep the, the majority of test track the way that it is. Cause it's a blast. It's 
to me, it's on par with radiator springs, maybe even a little bit better how fast you go. But the queue, I think, needs to be updated a little bit. And well. I don't want to be a downer because I want to be a happy, happy <laughs> podcast. So I still love Avengers Campus. Just Web Slingers is not my, it's not my go-to. <laughs> I think you, you're onto something though, because one thing that I thought was missing from Web Slingers was some type of practice thing. And mm-hmm. just trying to, I don't, you're right with the scoring because, you know, Buzz Lightyear in the queue tells you, you know, this square thing, if you hit it, yep. is this many points. And this diamond one is this many points. And Web Slingers, I feel like as I'm doing stuff, I don't understand what's going to get me more points. The last time I wrote it, I found that if I flung my web out and grabbed a box and I swung mm. the box at something, that gave me like triple or quadruple points. <laughs> huh. But I didn't know that you could swing a box around or like how to they do never it. tell they you. Never, yeah. No. But there there is a... something in the queue. I'm sorry, is but there? there is a sign oh, okay. and it says that you can grab things and pull it back. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I had to do a bunch of research because, you know, I'm super competitive and I, me and my five-year-old, we go on the ride <laughs> a bunch because he's super into Spider-Man. But it's, yeah, the different, it's the different color spiders that you want to aim for, um, but it moves too fast. Like you can't even mm-hmm. see. And so you're just like laying your arms like crazy and then your arms are dead <laughs> afterwards. So. Oh, yeah. 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 <gasps> yeah. So that's me. Eric, do you have something a little less dark? to talk well, about just I a little like, suggestion. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I would like to point out that the, the superstar limo reference really sh- shows how much you dislike web slingers. You didn't have to use <laughs> another adjective. Yeah. The, the one ride that's notoriously synonymous with the failure of DCA when right. it opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I know. <laughs> I would enjoy a, a small update to carousel of progress. And it's another one of those, attractions where they have done a few updates over the years, not too many, and certainly not since the 90s. Um, But you don't have to change it much. I mean, what's the point of even thinking too far into the future? So change the laser disc player. That one's easy. Put a a more up-to-date looking game on there. Put web slingers on the TV. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Don't change the clothes. Everybody's wearing 90s clothes. That's that's close enough. Um, And, you know, dad still burns the turkey because we have voice activated things and we'll probably have those in the future and make one of the kids an AI, make it like a kid, a computer, Um, because Google invented that this week. And there you go. (laughs) We've got the future again without breaking the bank. Didn't you hear that that there was rumors that Tom Hanks was going to voice the they were going to do a whole update of Carousel of Progress and it was going to be Tom Hanks voicing the dad? I've never heard that. No. No yeah. way. Okay. I had heard a rumor about that, um, which I think is is okay because I don't mind Tom Hanks, but I love the current voice of the person. You know, there's, I'm still bitter, and I, I'm sorry for derailing us, but I'm still bitter <laughs> about the new, within the last, I don't know, 10 years, railroad voice at Disneyland. I liked the old gravelly, seemed like an old engineer conductor person, like, Welcome aboard the Disneyland Railroad. And now it's like, it sounds like some younger, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's, it's, his name is Bob Joles. Um, and, uh, he has done a lot of voices for, uh, for Disney, mostly like background character, like smaller background characters. But he, his, his main claim to fame, as far as Disney is concerned, other than the railroad, is he's the voice, he's anything. That uh, John Reese Davies didn't want to record for Sala in the mm. Indiana Jones adventure. Oh. So <laughs> there are some points that it's not John Reese Davies, and that's that's him. That's Bob Joel's. 
That's good because I I didn't know. That's like they had the guy that did the voice for uh, what's his name for Tower of Terror. Right. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I can't and pull his... that many names out of my head. There. Tech. Yeah. <laughs> I That's remember fine. hearing about that on Behind the Attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, where are we at, uh, Bethany? What do you What do you think could stand a little update? So this is very easy for me. <laughs> um, I, the Matterhorn. I cannot stand that ride just because you come off with a headache and a backache and I, I refuse to ride it for that reason because, you know, I'm already doing a day at Disney. So I'm already going to be experiencing some pain the next day, but immediately <laughs> after getting off Matterhorn, I always have a headache and it's like, it's just not worth it. Um, and I, you know, I know they redid it pretty recently um, to get rid of the awkward lap sitting, which I, that's a win for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, <laughs> I remember you know, middle school graduation trip going and being like, well, how are we going to do this? <laughs> Sitting on some random stranger's lap. Yep. Um, it wasn't enough. I, I remember going on it after the renovation and thinking, oh, it's going to be so much better. And then getting off going, no, no. No, no isn't one supposed all. to, one side supposed to be smoother? Isn't that the myth? That's what I've heard, but I have not gone on it enough to know Okay. The difference, I guess. Yeah. I can't ever remember what side it is, but one of the right. sides I like because there's a section of the track you come around the corner and you dip down under the other track, and I like that side because it's more like thrilling. Mm-hmm. Teresa yeah. likes the other side, and I don't, she thinks it's longer or something. I don't know. Um, I will say the last time I rode it, last month, we came down in one of the splash zones and we got pretty wet. And I was surprised because mm-hmm. I had never gotten wet on the Matterhorn before. And I got pretty wet. I was also in the back, which normally I'm not in. And that is a lot mm. bumpier and more jarring. Usually yeah. I'm mm-hmm. in the front car of the two cars that are connected. I was in the very back seat of the second car. So definitely a little more whippy. Yeah. <laughs> so for me... Uh, I couldn't think of anything that I thought needed an update. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of attractions, especially at Disneyland after COVID, that need, just because they were shut down for so long, that they need refurbishment. Tiki Room is a great example of that. The, you know, clicking birds and stuff like that. So that's important. And I think that, you know, refurbishment-wise, that's good. For just updating things, I guess I would say Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln because it's not really repeatable. I feel like you see it one time and that's kind of all you need and there's a good historical thing and I don't want them to get rid of it and I think people would riot in the streets if people try to get rid of it. As they have. Mm -hmm. Add some other presidents, like the Hall of Presidents. It was nice to have, or something like the American Adventure where they had like, they just have a spectacle of animatronics and that in and of itself is really cool. So I don't know. Update it with something like that. Keep 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 the Lincoln speech. Maybe have some. Maybe don't have all the presidents, but maybe have like notable presidents. Have George Washington come out. Have uh, you know John F. Kennedy come out. Have you know whoever. And mm-hmm. like that could be interesting. And uh, you know just have little snippets of famous presidential speeches or something that you kind of stick through there. Uh, they do have a great story in there now that talks about like a, a family with two brothers and one was on one side of the Civil War and one was on the other and one died and didn't come home and everything. And that's really touching. Uh, and I think that that's, that's nice, but I feel like that's just a lot of filler getting up to Abe Lincoln doing Gettysburg Address, basically. Well, that was another great round of discussion. Now we move on to our last question from Michelle. All right. So if you could turn any Disney attraction or Disney story into an immersive two-day experience like the Galactic Star Cruiser is right now, what would it be and what would it look like or what would it entail? So let's start with you, Eric. 
Okay. Yellowstone has proven that Westerns are still a viable theme. So let's get something around, uh, around Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, do it at Walt Disney World because you've got the space or we could think of something for Disneyland, of course. But uh, get a hotel back there, another big nondescript hotel. Uh, or well, No, no. Build a Western town. Um, extend the frontier land experience out there and um, build a big, hide a big show building somewhere. At, and it'll be like the Halcyon where you have to go and work in the mines. But while you're there, you discover all these little immersive adventures where we finally actually get to see this story about uh, angering the mountain and the ghosts and things like that. Uh, but, you know, make full frontier land experience, get some pack mules in there. Um, get a Western stunt show. So you've got shows, you've got missions that you can go and do, and um, you've got a saloon. It'll be great. Uh, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> right. amazing. I, think, I mean, yeah, I'm ready. Yellowstone. <laughs> okay. Night. If you could have some of those guys too, that would be fantastic. You know, you Eric, get a lot of space people. to build a hotel. If you're in the whole mining thing, just build it underground. You could have all there the hotel rooms in the mine. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Why not? Who wouldn't want to stay in an old haunted mine? Um, in, in, actually, in earthquake when I territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first thought of the mine experience, I'm like, yeah, force people to go to work. I'm like, actually, that, I, yeah, I could see that working. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go with this. Yeah. My <laughs> sister, they just went to a dude ranch and it's kind of like that a little bit. And they, they are Disney fanatics and they said it rivals their fun at Disney because wow. of the immersive aspect of it all the things that and it half of it was chores but her kids loved it because of feeling like you were on the ranch and you were in the old west and you went horseback riding every day so i think you're on to something there okay well um copyright this episode tag all right (laughs) (laughs) what would you like to see so this was a tough one for sure um you know, I, my, the little girl inside me was like, oh, maybe like something princessy or whatever, but I am such a big history nerd. So I decided to go more, you know, not so much of an attraction route, but more like just something for history nerds like me, an immersive, like literally time travel experience. So I want to go to, you know, those important times in Disneyland's history. So opening day, obviously, and um, it's, and it's, it's not just being there. It's not like being a fly on a wall. You are there. So mm-hmm. you have the time period, appropriate clothing, hair, makeup, everything, you know, like, um, because that's all of those pieces just bring it all together into that immersive experience. Um, you know, experience all of those opening day attractions as they were on opening day. Um, maybe a little lunch or, or show with, with Walt talking about, or like the opening ceremonies, Walt's opening ceremonies, that would be amazing. Oh, that'd be cool. And then, you know, get back in the time machine and then visit New Orleans Square opening in 1966. And um, and then Tomorrowland renovation in 67 and ride the people mover and the Skyway, you know, all those things that unfortunately I was never able to do. Um, and uh, and then again, the new fantasy land when Tony Baxter renovated it in 83, all of those. I, I want to experience it all. I just I love all of the history surrounding Disneyland and it would be such a cool, immersive experience for me. Anyway, <laughs> what do you think, Tag? Just you just got to get rid of. If you're gonna relive Walt's opening day speech, you got to get rid of that guy that's in the recording that's always like, "Yay, yay!" Yes, I don't know, I absolutely. 
hate that guy. Every time I hear this recording, all I hear is that guy, and I'm just like, shut yeah. up. Um, tackle him. <laughs> you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> right? Uh, so I would like something where I was more like immersed in the park. So I can't, I think Galactic Star Cruiser is one of those things that, like, I, if there wasn't a Star Wars thing, I would say a Star Wars thing because that just seems like the obvious choice. Um, I don't think there's any other property that Disney, maybe Marvel, but th- there's nothing specific enough with Marvel where. You know, it's not like it's not like um, Hogwarts, right? Where you can kind of right. go in. Like Hogwarts would be a great thing. Like being mm-hmm. able to stay in Hog- the Hogwarts castle or something. Like that would be so cool. Uh, but that's not Disney. Uh, so for Disneyland, I think that I would just want something that's that's Disneyland centered. So something that includes like a VIP tour. Uh, you get to stay in the Dream Street. You get to eat at 21 Royal. You get to go maybe into Club 33. You get a ton of history. You get to go into Walt's apartment. You get to go backstage. Basically, the super nerds, what everybody's always wanted, Disneyland experience of all of the things that are on people's bucket list, riding the Lily Bell, just an insane amount of money, for a once-in-a-lifetime experience to just knock every check mark off your Disney nerd bucket list, and I think that would be great. Th- this thing would probably cost twenty to thirty thousand dollars for like a two-day yeah. experience because the Twenty-One Royals like a fifteen grand experience. Mm-hmm. Club Thirty-Three takes so long to get into a VIP tour, six hundred dollars an hour up. So Dream Suites, something you can't even buy. So. It'd be very, very expensive, but man, would I save my pennies for as long as it took. Uh, what about you, Michelle? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that. I love the, the immersive nature of it and trying to see how they came up with everything. Um, but when I look at, for me, what I'm always kind of looking at is, you know, what would be pretty interesting for adults and kids? I went right to Cinderella. Maybe not adult men all the time, but Cinderella, women and kids, I think, Staying in a castle, being on grounds that have a village that you can go down, visit the shops, visit the little houses where Cinderella was and she was cleaning everything, um, you know, but you are a guest in the castle. So you have a room there. You get to have the big multi-course meals and the dining room with the long tables. You have a fairy godmother, um, you know, so you're amping up Bippity Boppity Boutique to get you dressed and ready. Uh, you obviously have a ball. Um, people call you your grace, like all those things. I want, I want to feel like I live there. I might not be Cinderella, but I get to be there and experience everything that would have taken place in Walt's mind way back when all that was, was designed. And I think it could be something that both kids and adults alike could really get into. And, you know, I'm, I've never been really into cosplay. I'm not a LARPer, all those things more power to those that can. I think it's awesome that they can get in their imagination, but the star cruiser has me thinking that it would be kind of cool for 48 hours to really just throw yourself into it and no judgment. (laughs) No one's going to look at you funny. Um, You know? And so I thought, man, that would be, I think the place I would love to go and not have anybody judge me for the dresses and, and expecting people (laughs) to kiss my hand when I would come into something. (laughs) I I love that because I, Sorry, I feel um, like I feel like the thing that works with Star Cruiser is what you just said, that I feel like I'd be more likely to take part in a role-playing situation if everybody was so into everybody. it. Uh, yep. Because sometimes what happens is like you kind of want to get into something, but like there's always that group, right, that just kind of yep. 
it seems like they're judgy or like what's going on. So, you know, you've yep. got things like Star Wars Night and stuff that Disneyland has put on where like everybody's there and loves Star Wars. So it's so easy to want to be part of that. And I feel like the thing I'd be most nervous about is being underdressed at those things. So going to like the Galactic mm-hmm. Star Cruiser, I feel like I'd be obligated to get like Jedi robes or something because right. I I want I would want something that looked good and not just something like, you know, showing up of like, oh, I, I made this out of a pillowcase at home. <laughs> yeah, that was like one of my biggest fears growing up on Halloween is I didn't want to look like, you know, we only had $20 and my costume was made out of construction paper. So something like that where you could just get into it and not even for a second, think that, that you were, that you were the only one Disney bounding. That's what always sort of boggled my mind when people can do that with just full confidence. Cause I think it's amazing. I just can't, I can't do it. So um, I think something like that, that would be my, my dream money wise. Yeah. It'd be off the charts, but in a perfect world, I'd be able to afford it. So that's great. I love that. I've always thought it was very unfair that the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique only caters to uh-huh. up to 12 years old. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And only girls, right? So rude. Like, or do they do some boys? No, they do. They do boys also. Okay. Yeah. My daughter's years ago, a girlfriend of mine has worked at Disney for years and she, they were trying out, and this would have been really cool over in New Orleans square, a pirate makeover. So it was for boys and girls. And so they, my daughters got to go and be one of the Guinea pigs. And so they did a big, handkerchief and patch and makeup and big jewelry and all that. And it was really, really cool, but I think it would still probably more appeal to girls. And so, and Bippity Boppity Boutique has that corner, yeah, you know, covered. So. Well, I think you're not alone on, on an adult version of Bippity Boppity Boutique. I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a market for that for sure. Just got to yeah. figure out what to do with it and when. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I think that does it for this episode of The Hub Crawl. We would like to thank our guests, Michelle. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved this. And Bethany, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. It's been a blast chatting with you guys about favorite topic, Disney. (laughs) Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for coming. Um, Join us, listeners, next time when we continue to talk all things Disney. And uh, if you become a supporter, you can hear our bonus question this week, which is a good one. So thanks, everybody. (laughs) 